This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. What is up, everyone? It is Tuesday night, 8 p.m., so you guys know what that means. Another edition of the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built in Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, Twitter network, as well as the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your audio podcast. Make sure you check us out there. We appreciate everyone that is tuning in. If you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, drop a comment, drop a like. Join the conversation for the next hour. And so we have a lot to talk about. But before we do that, Lance, how are we doing, my man? Doing well, doing well. It's always fun to be here after a win. So, uh, you know, as Peter said, welcome. Uh, interact with us in the comments. Like and share. If you can subscribe to the YouTube channel for Built in Buffalo, it would be awesome. Um, and the season's kind of, uh, taking a little turn to the up, to the upward <laughs> echelon of what we had hoped. So now we've, uh, got two winnable games in front of us here yeah. and, uh, we're going to get into that, but first yeah. let's pay some bills. Uh, this show is brought to you by underdog fantasy, uh, promo code blitz. When you sign up, we'll get your deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. And uh, Underdog Fantasy is the best daily fantasy app out there. They have Pick'em, uh, Rivals, Scorchers, a lot of different cool ways to play Pick'em entries, uh, best ball drafts, uh, daily drafts, different things like that. So check out the app or the website underdogfantasy.com and get in the game. You can play all year round because it has every sport virtually on, on there. And uh, use promo code Blitz at sign up. That's the important thing to get your deposit match. Yeah. I've used it a lot recently. It's great. Uh, like Lance said, it's not just for football. It's any sport that is currently going on. Use the Pick'em promo. That's what I use. And make sure you guys use promo code Blitz, and they'll match your deposit. If you want to put $10 in, they'll match that. If you want to put $100 in, they'll match that. So make sure you guys use promo code Blitz. And the uh, cool thing is you can do more than just uh, player props or stats. You can do higher or lower than um, – a player's fantasy points for a night or just there's a lot of different things do, it's not just pair people right you can do rivals you can go yep. a player versus a player and choose who's ha- going to have a better more passing yards or more rushing yards or whatever so it's a lot of things to do it's not just your typical uh fantasy betting so make sure you guys check that out lance and i we, well lance we can't waste any time tonight we have a ton to get to the bills defeated the dallas cowboys in a dominating fashion on Sunday afternoon into the evening, 31 to 10 in Orchard Park. It was a rainy, kind of wet afternoon for the Bills. The Bills took care of business, even though Lance and I both predicted the Bills to win. I convinced Lance at the end of the show last week. We didn't expect this. 
we are we're gonna start off the recap of the game. We're gonna talk a little bit about the game, but before we do that, everyone, we're gonna get to the running game. I just want to preface that our next segment's gonna be talking about the running game, but because of how obviously important it, it was on Sunday. But before we do that, we're gonna get a little bit of the recap of the game. Lance, Bills win 31-10. They get a dominating game that puts them right back into the division race, puts them right into the obviously the wild card race in the AFC as well. One thing that Maybe what you like that stood out outside of the running game uh, on Sunday. Yeah, so um, the biggest thing that I liked is the sense of urgency and intensity that the Bills played with coming out of the gate. Um, I think that when you come out with that energy and and then score right away, that definitely sets yourself your team up for success, and that's kind of what we thought was missing. Um, earlier on this season, I harped on, you know, look, you know, five out of the seven games, we had first drives that were three and out. And it just was getting to a point of this is going to come back to bite us um, eventually. And then once we started getting into the the real heavy schedule and, you know, started losing some players in their injury, you just saw how important it is to, to score early and and score first and be able to take that advantage and play with a lead and that's what this team's built for and now that they've done it uh, a few times we've seen um you know our fortunes change here in the last few weeks i think yeah i think we we start obviously we started hot right a little hot we scored in the opening uh drive of the game and then uh we cooled off a bit a punt, just one punt, but then we answered with a touchdown. Obviously, the running game was a vocal point, and we'll get to that in a second. But I thought I said, Lance, I said off the air, and you also kind of agree with me. I love the energy that the Bills came out with on offense and on defense. Josh Allen, prior to the game, talked about how much they needed the crowd, right? And how much they needed Bills Mafia to pull yeah. off the win. And the Bills fans were great as well. But I also thought the energy within the team within the coaching staff, within the players, within the defense, within the offense. Obviously, at times, it was a little too much. You had a couple late hits on Dak Prescott. Obviously, you got bailed out by one because Zach Martin uh, decided to run over Taylor Rapp after the play, so it kind of offset, so it didn't really matter. Uh, you have They kind of towed a line where you probably don't want to go to too much, just hit like, cheap shots on quarterbacks. But I thought, especially the pass rush, the pass rush was great. I just thought the energy was awesome and outside of a couple drives they never took their foot off the gas right i was watching with one of, one yeah. of my friends who's a bills fans and and we always talk about and the, this has happened over the years the bills get out to a lead like the chiefs game 14 nothing and they kind of obviously the other team's going to show up for the most part outside of this game but they kind of take off their foot off their gas a little they kind of stall out on offense on defense i think they did it right like you went through this game they go up they go up 14 nothing, right? And then they go 14-3. And I thought the biggest drive of the game went, or the biggest sequence of the game was the end of the first half, right? You go Dallas kicks a field goal, you keep him out of the end zone, which was massive, right? Right. In three. And then you go 11 plays for 76 yards and kill five and a half minutes uh in this basically the oh, in the second half, and you score a touchdown to go up 21-3 off a of Josh Allen one-yard rush. So keeping them out of the end zone after Dallas is probably best drive of the game, 
holding them to a field goal, a little bend, don't break all uh, defense, making it 14, three, and then answering with your own 11 play drive. That took five, basically the same amount of time, five and a half minutes to go up 21, three, you get a stop and you go up 21, three and a half. So you went from Dallas having their best drive, making an 11 point game to going back up 18 into the half and not giving up any points in Dallas's last drive, knowing that Dallas was getting the ball coming out of half. So I thought the end of half, uh, on offense and on defense with holding them to a field goal, scoring a touchdown, and then getting forcing a stop was just three of the best sequences I think I've seen from the Bills this year. Yeah, I think we talked a lot about situational football in weeks past too, and this just in these situations, the Bills had a lot of success this game, and when they do that, obviously, they're going to come out on top more often than not. Um, that's just kind of how, how it works, right, when when you're having success like that. But the the big thing was – um, it may have proven, and I don't know if the team or Josh Allen needed to see this most, but it kind of proved that Josh Allen doesn't need to be everything, every game yeah. to this team. Like they have players, they have the ability to be, um, you know, multidimensional. They can do different things with different guys and still have success. And I think that's a big message to the team. And most importantly to Josh Allen to see like, hey, like you have guys you can trust here in Buffalo and let's go out and play a team game, play together and everyone just do their part. Um, and and that's a good recipe for success. I think Coach McDermott obviously has always stressed, you know, do your 111th and that kind of thing. And it just becomes more apparent when you have games like this where, you know, you kind of lean on a run game that is really dependent upon everyone really doing their job at a high level to be effective. So uh, I was really happy about, um, you know, kind of getting that. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to, to mention, and I, do you want to touch on that at all about the, the Josh Allen um, kind of playing hero ball or having to, 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 no, well, to yeah, be like, the end all be all of the bills. Before you get to your last point, like I think we're going to need, there's going to be games down the stretch and in future seasons, right? Where, Allen's going to have to make plays off script. He made an off play script to Diggs. Uh, Diggs also made a great catch. He yeah. ran the ball a couple of times and he also made a, that pass to cook, right? Like he wasn't, he wasn't really in the pocket on that pass to cook. He rolled out. He's going to have to do that, but look, and Allen's passing numbers weren't great. He's seven for 15, right? It probably should have been 10 for 15. If you want to be honest, there's a, there's a couple drops in there. Kincaid uh, Diggs, just a couple of those drops that, it could have been the wet football. Obviously, uh, Kincaid was dealing with a thumb injury throughout the week heading into the game. So it probably should have been more like 10 to 15. Obviously, some of those plays you want to make because Kincaid, one of the drops, would have led to a first down, right? Like stuff like that. Obviously, we're going to need more from the passing game from Josh Allen, but no turnovers, took what the defense gave him, and he knew. And you can kind of tell, right? Like even Joe Brady said it this week, they weren't expecting to run the ball 49 times like that wasn't the game plan but what i love and it, this you kind of mentioned situational football it kind of touches into situational football well they saw what was working and yeah. they're going to keep doing it it's like when you watch high school football right one team knows how what they can do well and they're going to keep doing it the bills realized we're going to run the ball we're going to keep going to james cook we're not going away because until they stop it why do anything different and then obviously you got to a lead, so it kind of played into that. And they still couldn't stop it. Even when they knew we were running the ball up 24-3, they still couldn't stop it, right? So 
Josh Allen didn't force it, and I, I give credit to Joe Brady going to a full-time run game where they couldn't have. Like they, Joe Brady was might sometimes OCs, Lance. I don't go to ramble here, but sometimes OCs feel like we need to get our star quarterback his right. Like we yeah. got to get his stuff, and Joe Brady was like, "No, we got to go run the ball." And Josh Allen even said after the game, he was like, "As long as we basically a paraphrasing or paraphrasing here, as long as we win, doesn't really matter." Mm-hmm. So yeah, what, what like we that, uh, we get to the running. I guess that's also, you know, one cool thing that shows about Joe Brady himself too. And um, that my, yeah. my last point is kind of his creativity. I think that when I'm watching the film back, I'm seeing a lot of different formations too. Um, not only using uh, two tight ends, but also just Reggie Gilliam in the game. So two running backs basically, um, or just a multitude of, formations one interesting one is they still have this formation where they have Diggs as the running back and then James Cook is kind of out wide or in the slot um, as a receiver and then they kind of ran a swing pass to Diggs and I feel like that's just something they keep showing on film so and they keep showing and they're going to build on it and um, that's the cool thing to see when you notice okay oh they ran that again I saw that last week um, or I saw that two weeks ago and here it is Mm -hmm. again and those kind of things. And just now being able to have a little more film on Joe Brady and be able to see those things and kind of notice those trends now. And um, I'm, you know, I don't know exactly, obviously, what they're going to build off of that, but I, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see kind of how it works out. Um, I, I would urge you, you know, when, when if you guys are watching the games, watch for Diggs to line up in the backfield a time or two and, and watch for the, his motion out. Uh, to the flat on a swing pass, mm-hmm. and maybe that opens up something else down the field um, that we haven't seen yet. Right now, Allen's been taking that swing pass to Diggs uh, more often than not from the film I've seen. So uh, just just different formation and alignments um, that just give people advantages and matchups that you wouldn't see uh, otherwise, or we haven't really seen um, so much. So I, I, I this one of the things that fascinates me about offensive coordinators is the way they use their personnel. And it seems like um, the way Joe Brady's using his personnel here yeah. has uh, reinvigorated this team. And it's really uh, fun to watch so far. Joe Brady's making a case for him to be the OC in 2024. And I can't say I don't want it because the Bills keep looking at this on offense and keep giving you different looks to defenses. If it's a running game, if it's a pure passing game, if it's a combination of both the pre-snap motions, the play action, the shotgun, all the stuff the Bills offense has looked good. And the Bills offense, even in the one loss, they're they're three and one under Brady right now as an OC. Even in the one loss, uh, he it wasn't like he was. I thought he was good in the Eagles yeah, game. I thought, still like, scored thirty points. Yeah, yeah I wasn't like Joe. We lost the game because of Joe Brady. Uh, obviously, there were some things we probably could have done better, but it wasn't like this is a game on the Joe Brady when we're evaluating him at the end of the year. This is something we're going to mark as an X. Like, I, that's not where right. I'm putting at it. Um, but let's get into it, right? Like, obviously, you and I gave some of what we thought of the game, but this is what everyone's talking about, right? And this is the title of if you're on audio or if you're on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter, right? The Bills run their way to victory. The running game erupts. James Cook, 25 carries, 179 yards, and a touchdown. He averaged 7.2 yards per carry. Ty Johnson, nine carries for 54 yards, six point, uh, six point, uh, no, six yards per carry. Josh Allen, eight carries for 24 yards, and then obviously Latavius Murray had five carries for 11 yards uh, for total. And Keenan Allen, uh, Keenan Allen, Kyle Allen had two. Neil Downs to end the game, but total 49 carries for 266 yards and three 
touchdowns. That's a 5.4 yard per carry mark for the team. Lance, how good was this running game on Sunday? Yeah, it was cool. I was looking at um, how they, how like how they ran the ball, or yeah. kind of where they where yeah. they ran the ball as well. Um, and they had a lot of success. Um, they split it up pretty evenly: twenty three runs to the left side and seventeen to the right side. Um, and, and the the left edge, um, you know, running off wide to the left uh, was their was their biggest benefactor. They had seventy three yards off that off the left edge. And that goes to, um, you know, show how great Deion Dawkins played. And that's one of the things people are talking about as well as how great Deion Dawkins had had a game. And and that shows it um, the way they were getting to the outside there. And obviously with James Cook and uh, Ty Johnson, obviously very, pretty impressive. Uh, yeah. the way he runs as well. And so, you know, going um, off to the left side, I thought that was uh, really cool. Obviously, the, the touchdown um, that Cook scores later in the game is right off the the right guard. Um, so, you know, it looks like all five offense linemen really um, played pretty well overall. Um, Spencer Brown and Deion Dawkins, the two tackles, um, had had really, really good games. Obviously, Spencer Brown, people are talking about, you know, the best game of his career. So um, Spencer Brown, yeah, making a case for himself to be the right tackle in 2024. Whenever we're talking about rushing, I think I'm going to, you know, give a little bit of a credit to the to the guys up front yeah. um, as well as the running backs. You know, I thought uh, James Cook showed just excellent vision to go with his athleticism exactly. this week. And that was that was really cool. You know, he found those holes and exploited them. It wasn't just a um, it, all for not, you know, kind of kind of thing. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I think that um, the rushing attack, it, it's cool to see that, you know, no matter who they put in there, um, th- that they were pretty successful. And that, again, goes um, to the uh, offensive line's credit as well. Yeah, look, obviously James Cook was great. I, I've i been so impressed with Ty Johnson in the handful of games he has played this year. Nine carries for 54 yards. It's a six yards per carry uh, clip right there. Like, He's shown something that I never thought I would see from a Ty Johnson type of player when we got him. Did we? I don't even remember us getting him. Like it was like one of those random gets. And obviously, this is why Leonard Fournette hasn't been uh, taking the field, just because there's no need at this point with Latavius Murray kind of doing just not running the ball particularly well, but pass blocking and pass situations and all that stuff, being that veteran guy. And then Ty Johnson and doing his thing where we never expected it, a little special teams as well for Ty Johnson that Leonard Fournette does not offer. And then obviously James Cook just being an absolute stud. You mentioned vision, Lance. And the amount of countless times I saw James Cook get a handoff and bounce it to the outside was awesome, right? Like he saw there was no lane in the middle. D-tackles were collapsing. It was kind of jumbled. He would bounce it to the left or to the right and have to have a safety in the box or a linebacker try to make a tackle. And that is a very tough thing because James Cook is a physical runner, but he's also known for his speed and his burst. Uh, And this is why we drafted him out of Georgia because he's this good of a running back. James Cook right now, guys, if you didn't look this up or didn't see this on social media the last two days, is second in the National Football League in rushing yards. In total rushing yards. He is second. I'm going to say that again. James Cook is second in the NFL in rushing yards. The only guy he is behind is Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, one of the biggest biggest reasons why I think you'll see um, 
PFF had eight uh, missed tackles forced by James Cook, 14 yeah. overall for the whole team. And, you know, you could see, the, the again, the athleticism. And then now pairing yeah. that with the vision, like you said, bounce it, um, went for seven uh, rushes that went 10-plus yards. Eight, the team had eight total uh, runs that go for 10-plus yards, and, and seven of them were That's by just, James Cook. So Yeah, it's moving the change, right? Like we, talking, we talk about when you have – an efficient run game. And I, look, you have seven, eight yard, seven to eight rushes a game where you go 10 plus yards. Obviously that's going to be great for the offense, but it's even Lance on first down, instead of having a second and eight, having a second and five and a second and six is a huge difference. It, yeah. it doesn't feel like a difference when you just, as as you, when you're looking from afar, but if you honestly break down the game and you watch the game, when you go from a second and eight to a second and five or a second and six, it just changes. You could literally run the ball again. You can do so many different things and it just creates so many avenues for that offense. So yes, obviously the, when you run the ball and you have, Seven to eight, ten plus rushes, yards, rushes. Obviously, that's great because you're moving the chains. They're they're chunk plays, they're spark plays. Great, we'll take those any day of the week. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's not realistic every week. But when you have on first down the four to five yard runs, it just creates a different philosophy for your offense, and it opens up the playbook for Josh Allen and for Joe Brady. But I thought the run game was great. I mentioned in my little opening thing that they didn't go away from it, Lance. We, you and I talked about this last week against the Chiefs in the second half in or even in the first half more of the second half but when they forced a fumble they got the ball back or they forced a punt against Kansas City and they didn't run the ball they threw the ball on multiple occasions after forcing yeah. a punt or a turnover against Kansas City they threw the ball three straight times and it went three and out this week it was a totally different philosophy they were like the run game is working. We have an elite running back. I think it's okay to say James Cook is an elite running back now. At this point, when you're second in the sure. league in rushing, you're probably an elite running back. Uh, they didn't go away from it. They went to the run game, and they ran it down their throats. They consistently did it. They're like, we're going to run the ball, and you're not going to stop it. It was pure domination from the Bills' our offensive line and you gave credit to them and I'm going to give credit to them as well. It it doesn't it starts with the offensive line. Obviously it ends with James Cook and what he does with the ball and Ty Johnson, but it starts with the offensive line. They were they manhandled the Cowboys up front. And Cowboys have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Uh and they manhandled them. James Cook was great. It was a change of philosophy from the previous week against Kansas City where at times they needed to run the ball and they did it. This time they probably ran the ball a little bit too much, but it didn't matter because it worked every single time. Yeah, for sure. And let's take a look real quick at yeah. the yeah. longest run of the game uh, for the Bills. It was a 24-yard run. Um, and this is uh, one of the things that we like to see Deion Dawkins so athletic pulling there. And James Cook, for whatever reason, loves to flip into the end zone now, which is okay by me because it means he's getting there. But oh. another another good look here of the vision. This is uh, his touch cook here. Little counter. Yep. And then little crease there, boom, boom, uh, boom. Just that that miss, Lance. At yeah, the... sticking his foot in the ground there and making that guy miss, um, right there. Uh, just incredible vision. Uh, just gonna show it just one more time here. Um, you you could show it for the next forty minutes, Lance. I think people <laughs> would be okay with it, man. It's it's a great play. It is, you know. There, Spencer that Brown pop- dealing. Um, you know, also the one thing that I like about it too is. Um, if you look at the alignment, um, let's see if we can get back to that. Um, 
go back up here. Look at the alignment of mm-hmm. you know the defense here too, and I realize it's a little grayed out, but um, the middle's wide open there, which is stunning because the you know they got um, ran all over mm-hmm. to this point. This was in the third or fourth quarter here, and there's a lot getting, of guys on the D line. Right, you're getting run over, and yet you you still kind of have a light um, second level there. But this is kind of what the Bills' offense does to you now. You have Diggs and Davis on the outside, and this is where the formations really intrigue me more so than anything. Shakir starting to to have those games he had the last few weeks matters now. Um, You know, you got a guy really trying to press him here. Obviously, Diggs up top, commanding respect. And then you have, uh, I believe that's Knox, but it might be Kincaid. So, um. You know, Dawson Knox, yeah, getting to the next level and sealing that block. I just, for me, I, again, yeah, you said we could watch this over and over again for the next 40 minutes, and I really could. I think that um, everything is clicking now with the OC getting these guys in formations, calling the right guys numbers at the right time. And I just think that um, this week was a great, uh, just a great um, detail of, of how, Joe Brady is not going to be afraid, like you said, to kind of just ride what's working, ride the hot hand and not have to force it back into, well, I've got a superstar quarterback. I got to get him to throw the ball to digs. And that's what we got to do. And I think they, they may have gotten caught up on that um, previously too, too much. And we, we talked about how um, the run game has been working at times and they went away from it. So it's awesome. Could you go back? Oh, you just got rid of it. Could you go back oh, yeah, to that? Can if you can, I want to go go back to the formation, the pre-snap formation before. Don't don't run it. I just want to see the formation one more time because you we were talking about it. But I just want to point out one thing for everything. If you obviously if you're on if you're on the audio platform, you can't see this. But if you're on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter, you can go back to the yeah right here. So you see the biggest thing, right? Your ability to run without having a heavy run alignment or run set or heavy like two tight end two tight end sets is mm-hmm. huge right like you mentioned you have Diggs and davis on the outside right you have shakir in the slot you also have dawson knox in the slot as well yeah when you when you can when you can run out of those type of sets that also gives you the threat of the passing game because this also this play gives you the threat of a passing game as well Absolutely. but if you can run out of these type of sets it's just it opens up the nobody in the middle of the field, like you said. No, not a lot of safeties deep. Corners spread out wide. Edge rushers spread out a little more because they do might think it's a passing down or a passing play. Because when you can run out of non-heavy sets on offense, it just it one it makes your running game more effective if you can do it, and it just opens up the threat of the eventual play action pass. Right, like this opens up the play action pass for the Bills. I just wanted to point to that out that mm-hmm. the Bills could run can, could and they did a lot of the times on Sunday out of uh <laughs> um I'm looking at Izzy's comment. Uh and you can run out of uh multiple looks but obviously not having to uh run out of a heavy set. Yeah and um, one of the cool things that you'll notice here is um just nuances that that like there were a few plays here in this game where they either didn't block somebody uh intentionally or you know they they took him out of the play with the formation and and here you have cook stutter stepping to the outside 
um, you know, he, he, this guy here is not going to get blocked. And then you're just running past him. And the threat of Josh Allen running right there is huge. So, you know, let's reset. So basically now they're not worried about this guy. All they have to do is block these four on the line. And then they're getting these guys in the second level. Um, and then even gets up to the safety and that's where it's one-on-one James Cook makes him miss. And that's, that's the part kind of that we were talking about with the missed tackles forced by James Cook and the vision and the athleticism uh, all put together here. I just think that that's worth pointing mm-hmm. out how, um, you know, they, they're able to all bring it, bring it all together, all click. Um, so the right guy's getting the call. Um, and again, see it from this angle. I like it. He's, this guy's got to account for Josh Allen now. And mm-hmm. that takes him completely out of the play. And um, just, it's a pretty play to watch after, you know, I just, I think that that <laughs> it's a great can't play. be overstated that, you know, the for, the formations that are being used here, um, the personnel yeah. uh, that's being used, it, it's just, it's all coming together right now. And this team um, is clicking on all cylinders because of it. And uh, it's unfortunate someone had to really lose their job to get this to happen. But I think it's kind of the thing that we're, been looking for all year and been looking to see um, is see this offense, you know, operate at this level. So I, you know, for me, I just, I think that um, it's getting fun. It's becoming, obviously when you win, it's more fun, but even in the loss against Philadelphia, it's just more fun to watch and put the film back on afterwards because you see points being scored and you see things being um, done that done that are effective and uh, you know, worth, worth watching a second, third and fourth time. Yeah, no, I I completely agree, and obviously we don't want a guy had to lose 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 his job, but it looks like at the moment they probably made uh, the tough decision, but the right decision. Okay, let's let's keep moving here. A lot to talk about, still a lot to talk about. Let's talk about the opposite side of the ball because obviously the run game got its love this week uh, after the game, and rightfully so. But how about this defense? The starting defense, because the Cowboys scored their last touchdown, where against backups, Tyler Medikevich was running at linebacker uh, in the Cowboys' touchdown drive. And no offense to Tyler Medikevich, he probably shouldn't be playing. It's just on, on non-special teams play. No shot at him, but it's, you can see. So basically, the starting defense gave up three points to one of the best or the best offense statistically in the NFL. Lance, like, I think this defense from the pass rush to the run defense to the linebackers. I thought Dodson played great to the secondary was stout. Like there's not a single, obviously if we want to go a deeper dive, guys missed their summon people, Mr. Simons and all that kind of stuff. It's NFL, but I, nothing came at from this game. And I was like, wow, this part of the defense played bad. Like I thought they were all exceptional. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I'm going to go back to the formation thing. And this is for McDermott's praise here. Um, some of the amoeba fronts and things like that. And uh, I'm going to try to find it so I can pull it up here. So you know what I'm talking about. But if you remember, Jordan Phillips actually lines up on the outside as an edge rusher. And then um, Leonard Floyd, I believe it was, goes up the middle and gets a sack. And um, I just, it was just brilliant, um, a brilliant play call. And just, again, putting guys in the positions to succeed it seems like such a easy statement, but it just, it wasn't happening. 
for the Bills a lot this year. Um, and, we, you know, it was causing a lot of issues. People were um, being put in positions where maybe the coaches thought they could succeed, but it just didn't come to fruition. And now um, they kind of have a good handle on, okay, these guys are going to succeed if I put them in X, Y, Z positions and, and it's and it's hitting on all cylinders. So, um, you know, one of the things that I will say about the defense that I like the most is, again, you know, you got these guys, known guys, um, you got even backup guys now like Cam Lewis coming in and, and making plays for this team. I thought he was um, great. <laughs> and it just, it just goes to show you, like, they're really starting to, you know, figure this team out. And it took a lot longer than you maybe would hope. I mean, I don't think this defense was played um, bad at all this year as a whole. I think they've, they've been pretty good, but um, you know, now uh, just seeing it, you know, click and especially um, a lot easier to say that when, when we're getting wins um, mm-hmm. than when we're not. So. Yeah. Like the amount of times when I saw Cam Lewis's number or name and I was like, wow, Cam Lewis is making plays. PFF. 80.7 tackling grade. Jordan Poyer was flying in multiple times. He looked at the Jordan Poyer from last year or the year before. He finished an 87 coverage grade, 88 overall defensive grade. Taron Johnson was great. The whole secondary was fantastic against one of the best passing offenses in football. Uh, if it was Rasul Douglas, if it was a little bit of Dane Jackson, who's obviously taken a ba- step back in snaps just because of how good Christian Benford. And I tweeted this on monday i think it was monday or sunday night and you and i have talked about this a lot and i've tweeted clips of it and i've talked about it on the show the praise i've given christian benford this year i am going to keep doing it and i did it again what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. And on uh, on Twitter and social media or X, yeah. I guess. And I was like, this guy is just a baller. Like the Bills have found and absolutely found a stud at the cornerback position, and he just cannot come off the field. And you can see because he played 57 snaps. And where's Russell Douglas's snaps? Russell Douglas played 50 snaps, right? Yeah. Dane Jackson played seven snaps. So you could see that they're going with Russell Douglas and they're going with. Christian Benford at the cornerback position, and it looks like it's the best idea at the moment. Uh, and I, 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 I just huge praise for both of those guys this week. Here's the front I was talking about, and okay. uh, just caused absolute havoc there. You see a lot of guys. Patrick um, was great. Yeah, having the ability to get home. So watch it from this angle. Got uh, you got Cam um, Lewis in there, uh, Jordan Poyer, and Christian Benford with the potential to come, but it ends up being. Um, Jordan Phillips from the outside um, with an insane pass rush. Um, and, you know, you have Leonard Floyd here. I mean, this guard, obviously Zach Martin out of the game, so it makes it a little bit easier. But this guard has no chance to try to block Leonard Floyd. And Leonard Floyd attacks the tackle as well to try to confuse them. And then now you don't know uh, over here, you know, you have Bet Oliver and Jordan Poyer and 
Terrell Bernard, you know, which guy is coming. And obviously you have Von Miller rushing on the outside. So just um, for me, I just, I, this play, when I saw this formation, I just, my eyes lit up. I think we talked about a little bit um, early in the season for sure about how, you know, using different formations or this amoeba front, what I call it, um, is so successful. And I think that's uh, something you're going to see moving forward. One of the things that Sean McDermott does, uh, as well as any coach in the league, is utilize his players um, at the best of their ability. And I just think this play um, by far uh, shows you that that exact thing, you know, using these guys and and having the ability yeah. to confuse the offensive line and the offense as a whole. I just think that that was uh, an incredible play. Yeah, I thought Gregory Rousseau kind of got back to a little bit of his his day. He was, I thought he was pretty good in pass rush. I thought one of Floyd was pretty good in pass rush. I think up the middle, I think Ed Oliver deserved a PFF didn't give him the best praise, but I thought he was very good. Obviously, Gregory Rousseau had half a sack. Phillips had one. Floyd had one. I know Oliver only had one tackle. I just thought he was really disruptive up the middle in a lot of sequences, uh, sure. in my opinion. So I, I look, they're going to need him, right? Like you have now you're dealing with the Jordan Phillips injury. He's probably not going to play. AJ Epinetta didn't play. So that is some, uh, didn't play on Sunday. I don't know if he's playing Saturday against the chargers. That is something that we have to look for. Um, if not, it's still going back to Von Miller, Shaq Lawson, Gregory Rousseau, Leonard Floyd, obviously if AJ Epinetta factors in there, uh, yeah. That's part, but I also honest, keep... a lot of uh, Lindall Joseph, Shaq Lawson, Ed Oliver, and either uh, Floyd Rousseau yes. or um, Shaq Lawson. People forget is very good. Shaq Lawson is very good in run defense. Yeah. People so forget. when you have Rousseau and Lawson on the outside with Lindall Joseph and Ed Oliver in the middle, that creates a lot of havoc. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, Benford's interception. Uh, someone mentioned in the comments of that. Yeah. Uh, kind of got a gift. I mean, he dropped off and that receiver wasn't even looking at it. But yeah, this wasn't uh, like his highlight play. This is what I'm not going. Well, good for his stat numbers, good for his future numbers, good for maybe incentives in this yeah, He caught it. But you can yeah. see here again, you can see a little bit there's still threats for pressure to come in multiple different ways. Now they have uh, Greg Rousseau here lined up at D tackle, right? So again, another formation though um Linval joseph got off the ball so slow but another formation here Linval that joseph. just using um guys in in areas that they're not um necessarily thought to be used in so you know greg rousseau um has been used as a kind of a d tackle for um all year but i just think in this instance it's just one of those things where you're calling up um these plays at the perfect times getting these groupings in and hitting on those um, those calls, it's so so important to the Bills' success. No, yeah, I agree. Uh, Bob O'Brien's coming in. Miller seemed to be a distraction for a change. Uh, he's been a little bit of a distraction all around. But uh, I thought he was very good uh, off the edge. Uh, I thought he wasn't sack number-wise, but I thought a couple times he got home, didn't finish the play, but I thought he made – sometimes sacks – Obviously, you want to sack every time, right? But sometimes getting pressure off the edge and forcing a quick pass by the quarterback or throwaway is as good as a sack sometimes, right? And thrown down, it is, right? If you're like, it's as good as a sack most of the time. So pressures are very important. I do want to see a little bit more from Gregory Rousseau at times. I know he had half a sack, only five sacks on the year. But like you said, 
they are using him in different formations than they have used in years past because you have Leonard Floyd, because you have AJ Benenza who went healthy, you have Shaq Lawson, you you have guys you can mix and match. Um, and obviously, we got some good news with Daquan Jones today. They're opening his opening his 21 day practice window. Obviously, he's not playing sun, Saturday. Most people have speculated they would be shocked if they see him anytime before Miami. Um, probably Miami would be the earliest you would see him. It seems Lance more like Daquan Jones is more of a playoff kind of guy if the Bills do get into the playoffs, like a guy that would play in the playoffs. And maybe maybe sure. he plays a little bit in Miami in that Miami game, depending. But I would see he's definitely not playing in the Chargers. Definitely not. I would assume not in the Patriots. Yeah. Miami's the earliest. If he's well enough, I you know, here's my thing is players are going to want to play and that kind of stuff. And you don't want to, you have to rate, weigh the risk and re- reward of that. But, it, you know, if he's ready to go for the Patriots game and he can get five to 10 snaps just to start getting legs back under him, I'm okay with that. Um, you probably yeah. have the flexibility to allow that. Um, there's no sense in rushing him back if he's not completely ready, like you said, but if it's just like, okay, we've seen these reps in practice, they're going well, we want to kind of see it in live game action where we can't really simulate. Um, let's try to get him some snaps here against the Patriots. So then his first snaps aren't in such a big moment against Miami. Right. So, um, Mm -hmm. that's where I could see that happening, um, for, you know, any of the guys that might return. Um, whether it be Elam, uh, Shorter, or uh, Daquan Jones. I think those guys, um, Shorter, I, as soon as he's ready, you know, I think uh, we should put him out there and, and start running him uh, and seeing what we can get uh, against any of these teams. Uh, you know, Elam the same, if, if he can get out there at any point in time again in the next two games to, um, you know, get his feet. It's just about getting confidence, using those muscles that yeah. you, you have injured, or, or those, you know, your, your, the area of the body in trusting. And that's, what's taken so long with Von Miller, you think is to trust that that knee is going to hold up yeah. if he bends and whatnot. Now a few games removed from, from losing the brace. Um, you just see that he's, his effectiveness is starting to rise and rise. And now it's just a matter of him finishing at the quarterback, which he had a couple opportunities this week, didn't go. And, you know, he'll keep going after it obviously, and get back to it. Um, next week, there's uh, obviously a less mobile quarterback coming up next week that that is uh, going to be a little bit easier of a target. So, yeah, I agree. Um, one more final thing I want to talk about quickly before we get to maybe a little bit of division, but I do want to talk about the Chargers game. Any, uh, anything else you want on the defense, Lance? Sorry, I skipped you like that. No, good. I think we we definitely made the I made the points I wanted to make. Um, yeah, I'm you know, my good. biggest takeaway was when I saw that. Um, kind of amoeba rush there with mm-hmm. Leonard Floyd coming up to the guard and, and Jordan Phillips lined up outside. Just like I can't say enough that that those kind of alignments and those kind of situations just cause so much havoc mm-hmm. for an offensive line and then just love seeing that kind of thing. Also, linebackers played great. Bernard, Dotson. Yeah. And I think they used Cam Lewis played 21 snaps, right? Like more than I think I would have anticipated heading into Sunday. And I thought, according to PFF, Cam Willis graded out at 78.9, graded as an 80.7 tackling grade. So nice. take whatever you want for PFF, but they liked what Cam Willis did. And never thought I would say that for Cam Willis, uh, who's probably more of a safety now than a corner. In, for sure. In my and opinion. now um, you talked about linebackers. Jordan Poyer kind of getting into that hybrid linebacker position too. It's just uh, Yeah, because you could put Cam Willis and you can put Rapp at safety. 
and then right. and you have Hoyer and Bernard on the on the uh, defense, you know, on the linebacking core. It so might it might really work good. better because Poyer's a little slower than he used to be, but he still would be faster than most linebackers. Sure. Yep. So it kind of if Poyer and Poyer is that physical kind of player. Um, obviously, we'll see if Micah Hyde comes back this week. Obviously, a couple injuries to monitor. Kincaid uh, is something to monitor this week. Who else is to monitor? It's Hyde, Epinensa. Obviously, Jordan Phillips is probably not playing on Saturday. Right. He's week to week. I would assume he's not. Uh, we'll see. Obviously, Hyde's still dealing with that stinger, something that I don't think is going away right. anytime doesn't soon. Appear, yeah, it doesn't appear like it will. Which we might see more Taylor Rapp, Cam Lewis, and Poyer on the field. Just heads up. Okay, one final thing before I want to get to some other things before we get out of here. Uh, Izzy's right. Smash that like, people. Smash that like. Uh, someone said Bob Ryan shorter for Davis. We're going to get into the passing game here. I don't know if that's the move <laughs> the bills want to be making here. I know we've had our gripes with Gabe Davis, but Lance, look, bills offense was good on Sunday. Bill's defense was great. The passing game was not particularly great. It wasn't asked to be right. They threw the ball 15 times. Like they went back to rookie Josh Allen kind of throwing the ball 15 times. I, like I said, in the beginning of the show, if you guys missed this, I know we finished seven for 15. It should have been 10 or 11 for 15. A couple bad drops in my opinion uh, in the game. Doesn't really matter. I think, you know, you saw Kincaid switch his gloves um, after the first goal, you know, yeah. Early on in the game or whether it was just the first you know series, but um, and I think that that was a big deal. Um, you know, kind of like guys going out with seats and needed to change or whatever. So I, I think, you know, they got their equipment fixed and then that was fine. Cook obviously dropped one. He would like to have back. I think we scored anyway or whatnot. So it wasn't obviously winning. It's not a big deal, but oh, yeah, I forgot um, about sure. that. and then, um, but then you also have plays with the dig, you know, digs on that huge one-handed grab there where, where he hasn't made that play in other situations yeah, when we've asked him to, um, you know, kind of, again, a situational, uh, instance where the bills succeeded so in in these situations um in the games we're winning obviously we're we're seeing a lot of these situations go in our favor um and you know i would say we're due because they just had so many situations go against us throughout the early part of the season uh, in the middle part of the season that cost us games that now when those guys are making the plays that's kind of what um i think people had been expecting all year is to keep making those plays in every situation and it just wasn't happening that way. So um, I think the, the passing game, when I saw it wasn't spectacular, like you said, but it wasn't asked to be, but I thought they ran some really good routes and really good concepts. And Allen was able to still find people um, in a pretty good, pretty good rhythm and timing uh, on, on some of these plays. You had a deep crossing, uh, play that he hit Diggs on was really nice. Uh, him, I think it was Gabe Davis and Diggs kind of crossed in the middle of the field and then Diggs came open uh, to the left side of Allen and he hit him. So uh, obviously the touchdown to James Cook was a su- was a super play, kind of another iteration of, of that wheel route um, or that seam uh, that, that Cook's been running, but then he broke it to the outside and Allen was able to find him um, and a pretty good catch. It, w- it wasn't necessarily the easiest ball. It wasn't right on him, let's per se. He kind of had to uh, reach for it a little bit outside of uh, maybe his comfort zone, but he reeled it in easily and um, got the touchdown. So that was nice to see that, um, you know, a lot of guys were making 
some tough catches out there for the opportunities they had. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it, we didn't need to be perfect on pass on offense or uh, passing the ball because obviously we talked about countless times tonight, how good the running game was. I do think we still need to make a couple more plays from receivers like Kincaid cook, catch the ball. I just it, it's it's a weird game to look at, Lance, because we didn't throw the ball 35 times and look poor. So it's a really small sample size, and theoretically it should have been 10 for 15, right? Uh, Diggs, four catches for 48 yards, right? Like Gabe Davis was targeted once. Secure was targeted once. Kincaid was targeted twice, right? Like I, I think I'm not going on the limb to say we're concerned about the passing game. Obviously, I would say more you and, when you and I talk on Tuesday again, post Saturday's game, that's probably where you and I would sit more depending on how the passing game looks. I don't need it to be 35 for 40. I don't, I, that's not what I'm saying. I just want it to be a little more efficient, a little more dynamic, right? Like yeah. it could be 12 for 16 for 180 yards and they run the ball really well. Like I don't care. It's, it's just, you wanted to be, I, I would say a little bit more efficient, but sure for this type of game, it didn't have to be. And Maybe Joe Brady saw Kincaid drop the ball, right? And he saw Cook drop the ball a little later in the game, but and saw Kincaid change his gloves and it's like, well, the running game is working really well. Let's it's wet. Let's hold on to the ball. Let's win the possession battle. Let's win the clock. And we're running the ball extremely well, more better than we I think we could have ever expected. So let's not force the passing game when it doesn't have to be there. And I thought a couple times, right? Like when it was I think it was 21-3 in the third quarter. I think it was the third, yeah, third quarter. And Allen, instead of taking an end zone shot on third and five and third and six in the red zone, threw it in the back of the end zone, right? Kind of threw it away. And I thought, you know what? He knows where the score is at the point of the game. You don't want to turn the ball over here and give momentum. So, like, he didn't force that type of ball, which is exactly what you want. It's an incomplete pass. So when we, you and I go back or people go back and look at the stat sheets, you see incomplete pass. But what we see is no turnover, didn't force you got three points and you made it 24, uh, 24. Uh, was it, was that the point of the game? I think it was, I think, mm-hmm. I think, I think I have the right. Some, sometime in that field goal sequence, instead of forcing a ball into the back of the end zone, which we've seen Allen do, and we've seen him make those passes because he's Josh Allen and he's superhuman, but right. we've also seen him force turnovers and quarterbacks do this all the time, force a red zone ball. Cause you got to get into the end zone. You force, you give up a turnover and the momentum switches Instead, you settle for a field, you get three points, and you just keep kind of chunking along. So I thought Allen did a, a good job of not forcing things, using his legs at times. I, yeah. One of those type of games where we chalk it up to weather, running the ball really well, and I thought Allen was really, really smart in this game. I think I think that's something we could probably hang our heads on. Allen was a very smart quarterback in this game. Yeah, I think ideally you're going to have a game where you have 25 to 30 attempts. You go 22 of 28, 22 of 26 type of yeah a game i think that maybe is realistic for this week to see um them open it up a little bit i think just with the chargers defense you know the the um the way they play you know you may um see them you know just throwing throwing the ball a little bit more this week than they than they but they might not have to again they i'm all for um you know keeping it on the ground and and just keeping it out of harm's way so long as you know there's no fumbles and um you know, takes the the threat of the interception away, um, but I but I think that's the the offense clicking on all cylinders is going to look like a twenty two or twenty six or a twenty two or twenty eight type of 
day with the complement of the running game going for nearly 100 yards and you have 250 or so, 275 yards passing. I think that's kind of the the nice balance there. Um, when it needs to when it needs to be that way, um, you're going to see that. So I think the cool thing about the passing game that maybe we didn't talk about yet, but I kind of touched on early on, is just the different looks and formations that we can run out of. Now that we have Knox back healthy with Kincaid, you can run um, two tight end sets. You have Shakir, who's kind of emerged to be really good in the slot as well, and you can do different things. You got Stefan Diggs, obviously, in the passing game out of the backfield in some cases. So I just I think that all these different pieces and the way Joe Brady is willing to put them in different positions um, and different personnel packages is really going to, um, you know, kind of make this passing game even more dynamic than we had seen in some games earlier this year. Yeah, 100%. Do we want to talk about division chances here or do we want to get to the charge? I'm up for talking. I mean, I think that the division is completely in play here. Yeah, um, no, I'm just saying, do we want to save it for next week? Your choice? I, know I, I can, I'll lay it out. I'll lay it out quickly for everyone. Um, and Lance can come. I, I think the division is 100% in play. A couple weeks ago, I didn't, right? Because I didn't think we were going to beat the Chiefs and the Cowboys. But for everyone that doesn't know, the most likely scenario for the Bills to win the division is to win out, right? Like, they would they would beat the Chargers, beat the Patriots, beat Miami in Miami. Then you would need, obviously, Miami to lose to the Bills last week, but that's given in the Bills scenario. And then Miami to either lose at Dallas. No, no, hosting Dallas this week or at Baltimore, right? So if Miami loses one, doesn't matter which one, it's Dallas or Baltimore, uh, and the Bills went out, obviously beating the Chargers, beating the Patriots, and then winning in Miami, the Bills would be 11-6. and six. Miami would be 11-6, and six, and the Bills would win the division. Yep. So is, is there any scenario, Lance, where the Bills can win the division at 10-7? No. If they tie Miami. So if Miami's 10-7 and, and the Bills are 10-7, and seven, I think they... But they what if, if we lost to Miami, who wins the tiebreaker? I believe the Bills win the tiebreaker there. I saw it somewhere, and I don't remember exactly what it is. Okay. But with the – if the, say the Dolphins lose the next two and to we, Dallas, we, and, we, and then we, we, we lose, lose Miami. Miami. Um, I still think that we had a chance at a division there. I'd have to go through and run Wait, that scenario. Miami has four losses, though. Right? Oh, so no, we, would, we wouldn't be able to lose to Miami. We would have to lose either the right. Chargers. Cannot, yeah. If we we yeah, have I to be Miami, we to have the, the same division. record as Miami. We end up winning the division, so it wouldn't be with seven losses, though. Sorry, we we, we have to be yeah. so. Like, okay, what if we let's say we lose to the Chargers, right? And we go eight and seven. Miami loses to the Ravens and the Cowboys. They go to eight and six. We go to nine and seven. Am I doing this right? No, twelve. It all depends on beating. If we beat Miami, then we can, and we're, if we're we tied lose, record. Okay. If Miami loses out and we lose to the Chargers, can we still win the division? That's what I'm asking. Mm, yes. Yes, so. that's what I was – yeah, but we have to beat Miami. That's what I've probably come to terms with. Right. Correct? If Miami loses out and we lose to the Chargers, right? That's what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Suspense. Right. Then, we yeah, we, we win the division at 10-7. and seven. Okay, so we have to beat Miami. Yep. 
So the most likely scenario for us to build the win the division is obviously to win out, and then we need Miami to fall to either Dallas at in Miami. Dallas struggles on the road, but hopefully they get a bounce back win. Big Cowboys fans this week, or in Baltimore, right? So I, I do think they lose one of those two games, right? Um, I think that's where I'm at here. I don't, I don't, obviously don't know if they win both, then they deserve the division, right? Like credit to them for beating Dallas and Baltimore back to back weeks. It's tough to. You know what I mean? Like tough to take away from them, but mm-hmm. the division's a hundred percent in play. So, yeah, be, I I didn't think because we beat Kansas City and Dallas, like you're right back in it. So it it changes the dynamic of beating Dallas on Sunday, put you right back into the division division race. Mm-hmm. And Miami losing to Tennessee helped as well, right? That helped as well. Why would we lose to the Chargers? I don't know, man. We lost to the Patriots, Jets, and Broncos this year, man. It's football. Stuff happens. I'm not saying we're going to lose. I'm just saying stuff happens. And you never know. Lance, it's the NFL, and weird stuff happens. Uh, the Seattle just beat Philly last night. Like, Philly's lost three in a row. Philly looked like a runaway in the NFC. Like, it's it's the NFL. I'm not going to be, like, sitting here. Yeah, is you know why we lose to the Jets and the Pats and the Broncos? We wouldn't be talking about this if we didn't lose to the Jets, Pats, and Broncos. Right. Even though the Broncos are a solid team in the wild card hunt, more Jets, Pats, in my opinion. But it's it's football, right? Like I, I'm not. I I think we're gonna beat the Chargers. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, he's gonna piss me off. Yeah, best best case scenario. I just ran through a little simulation here. Was you know the Bills end up actually with the division, but they're the four seed. Miami actually has to then just play Jacksonville and we'll host Cleveland up here um, for the, I want, for the divisional any chance, round. Can, any chance we can get an indie matchup in this uh, if we win the division? <laughs> That's what I'm looking at. If yeah, can, indie, indie would have to win, um, obviously. Also, games there, so. obviously we're going to talk about, the, obviously we'll get to the Chargers game for a couple minutes here as we end the show, but wild card race is still obviously very important. Right, because that's another way the Bills can get in. Uh, another notable note: C.J. Stroud might now play Sunday. Uh, Adam Schefter just tweeted about five minutes ago. It's likely he won't play against Cleveland on Sunday. I know Cleveland has more wins, but we want Cleveland to beat Houston on Sunday. So, just to put that out there, Houston sitting at eight and six, Cleveland's at nine and five. We probably can chalk up Cleveland to getting a wild card, one of the three wild card spots at this moment with their win over Chicago. So, you mm-hmm. want Houston to get to eight and seven. So I'm just putting that out there for people that are rooting this weekend, Cleveland over Houston. Just And CJ Stroud probably won't play according to Adam Schefter. Just putting that out there. Something to know. Okay. Lance, you want to talk about five minutes before the Chargers before we get out of here? Yeah, absolutely. Bills Chargers preview before we get out of here. The Bills are sitting at obviously eight and six on the year. The Chargers are an interesting group of a bunch of uh, interesting bunch of team right now obviously justin herbert's out for the year so we'll be seeing easton stick they're coming off an absolute nightmare performance on thursday night football that cost brandon staley and other staff members along with their gm their job uh they got smoked they got obliterated it was an embarrassing performance on national tv or amazon prime against a raiders team that is solid but not anything uh flashy or particularly good with aiden o'connell starting at quarterback this is one of those games right lance like if they had Justin Herbert, I would be a little more like, oh, you know what I mean? Just because mm-hmm. teams usually play particularly well when they start with with interim coaches, right? Like they play for their coach. They sure. have a little more energy. They want to play for the guy. The guy has never coached, had coached before. Wants to get him his first win, that kind of thing. If they had Justin Herbert, I would be like, okay, this is a game where the Bills are going all the way to LA, right? From Buffalo, a little bit of an 
short week, a day shorter than normal. But without Justin Herbert, it's really tough to me to see envision anything particularly well from this Chargers team. Yeah, I mean, Chargers have players obviously there that um, are still uh, very effective and, and very good. So, you know, this is one of the games where, for me, it's like going on the road and beating the Chargers this week really is going to light the fire. Um, for me, I think that they win this game um, and it just brings everything into play. <clears throat> Excuse me. The 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 situation, the playoff situation is going to be so much clearer potentially after this week and getting that win. Excuse me, I had a tickle in my throat. Getting that win is going to be, uh, com- you know, all the difference i think uh, yeah. this is this is a game where like i said the, the chargers have players that can disrupt a game enough to any given you know to bring in this any given sunday kind of mantra so um you know i'm not overly nervous that the bills are going to lose but i'm not overly confident that it's a slam dunk in the basket i want to see i'm interested to see how this is going to play out how uh the chargers are going to come out and attack you know, having a new coaching staff now and having a little bit um, of a fire lit under them by having that coach fired. So I think that um, outside of the, you know, their quarterback not being there, um, you know, the defense still has a puncher's chance of, of, you know, lighting you up and you got to be careful in that. So still, you know, the Bills, you know, are going to have to work hard to win this game, but I think they can absolutely um, dominate it, uh, and really kind of put all the playoff doubt. I, if for me, the playoff doubt really goes out the window, um, with a win here this week. Yeah. Look, look, the, Lance, the Chargers have a puncher's chance. They have good defenders. They have good players, but the reason they never put it together, right? That's the reason Brandon Staley doesn't have a job, right? It, and I, I'm going to say it again. If Justin Herbert was playing this game, I would be like, okay, this is a legit game just because of the interim coach and the spark that he might give or light under this team. Any given Sunday. That's a funny one. Uh, But no, but with Easton stick, he showed me nothing on Thursday night. I think it's going to be another rough outing for him. It's indoor, right? Lance. So we might see a better passing game from Buffalo. We'll get to see maybe if the bills light up offensively Sunday morning, the dome uh, fans come out on social media. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll definitely see that. Keenan Allen today, something to note. Obviously, they don't have Mike Williams at the moment. Keenan Allen did not practice on Tuesday. We'll see his progression Wednesday through Friday. He did not practice with a heel today injury. And obviously, they don't have their second best receiver. They haven't had him for months and weeks uh, in Mike Williams. But if obviously, if Keenan Allen can't go, then this offense turns into a different dimension. But with that being said, Lance, we ready for some score predictions. Oh, absolutely. So, Robbie's coming in. He has 35-21 Bills. Right now, for anybody that wants to know, the Bills on Tuesday night at 9-01, almost 9-02, are sitting at 12-point favorites at the moment. So, if just to let you know. So, Lance, I'm going to start with you, my man. Or do you want me to start again? Because last week I started because you didn't want to go. But we got score predictions. What do you got? No, I'm good. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go um, 38 to uh, 14 Buffalo Bills. 38 to 14 Bills. Bob O'Brien. Damn. 
Damn, Bob O'Brien. 42-6. Izzy's coming in 38-10. Jason's coming in 37-13. You, what, say it again. You had 38-2. 38-14. Yep. Okay. Okay. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Uh, I'm going a little less. So for my Bills versus Chargers score predictions, I have Bills 27, Chargers 10. So... Like twenty-seven point. I don't think they get into the thirties. I just I don't I don't know. I I like the seventeen-point win. I don't know how many points the Chargers really can put up offensively, uh, just because of they really they're banged up injury quarterback wise, receiver wise, new quarterback, new head coach. It's a whole new thing for them. I think ten points. I think they probably peak at fourteens. I ten. So I like twenty-seven to ten. Uh, Lance, anything else you want to say about Chargers, uh, Bills before we get out of here, man? Thirties uh, might not be necessary. Izzy's right, so that is yeah. true. But I just think that um, if you get rolling early, you kind of rack up some points, score you know twenty eight or so in the first half, then you kind of you know get a touchdown and a field goal in the second half. Not trying to run it up, but still able to to be effective and run some time off the clock, and and that's where you get to. Um, the 38 for me, I just think, you know, 30 points in all, but the Kansas city game since Joe Brady took over um, and the defense obviously for the chargers is, you know, like I said, does have some promising players on it or some prominent players uh, with Derwin James and Cleo Mack. But I just think that um, the bills can really show effectiveness. And if they can come out and execute early um, like they have been, that's um, that's going to be a hard uh, mountain to climb for the Chargers team. Yeah. Everyone, I appreciate everyone that tuned in. And as always, we are sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you guys use promo code Blitz. They will match your deposit up to $100 starting at 10 Appreciate everyone. John's coming in. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to everyone that celebrates. I just realized we'll be doing this on next Tuesday. The day after Christmas, I, you and I have to talk about that. But I think I think we're good to go. Um, yeah, can't, I'm good to go. I, I'm gonna take a day off. Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm good to go. So yeah, the day after Christmas. Didn't even think about that. So hopefully, even if you don't celebrate Christmas, happy holiday ho- holidays to everyone. Hopefully, you guys enjoy the weekend. Um, but yeah, as always, sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you guys use promo code Blitz. And if you are on Facebook, if you are on YouTube, if you are on Twitter, we appreciate it. Thank you for liking, commenting throughout the evening and if you didn't miss this episode you can always always rewatch this rewind check it out and if you're an audio platform apple Podcasts, spotify odyssey wherever you get your podcast built on buffalo podcast network lance anything else we got to say before we uh say good night no i'm all set everyone have a great week and go bills yep and make sure we'll be back next tuesday the day after christmas so after you guys are done opening your presents spending time with your family Hopefully, we're talking about a Bills Chargers win. So, guys, don't miss this next Tuesday at 8 p.m. And we'll be breaking down the Bills Chargers game and getting you guys ready for the Bills and the Patriots in Orchard Park. Final visit from Bill Belichick to Buffalo. Fine. Yeah. Ooh, what if he goes to a different team? Yeah. Fine. As a Patriot, is that better? Sure. As a Patriot. We'll see everyone next Tuesday. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed Christmas. Happy holidays to everyone. This was the Buffalo Blitz on the Built in Buffalo Network. And as always, go Bills. Go Bills.
This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.